Welcome to the Reality of Herbal Therapy podcast. Before we begin, we want to um, inform you of our disclaimer. Do not feel that by listening to this podcast that we have dispensed medical advice to you or have given you the ability to treat yourself or others with this information. We do not directly or indirectly dispense medical advice or prescribe the use of herbs as a form of treatment for sickness without medical approval. It's not the intent of this podcast to diagnose, diagnose or prescribe. The intent is only to offer herbal information from the herbalist's point of view, only for your consideration. In the event you use this information without your doctor's approval, you are prescribing for yourself, which is your God-given right. But the publisher and authors assume no responsibility. Today we're going to be talking about high blood pressure and some things that you can do to take care of it. On our panel, we have Dr. Michael James and his son, Scott James. Uh, high blood pressure. I mean, uh, there is rampant today. Everybody's got high blood pressure, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, it's rampant because they lowered the numbers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but a real high blood pressure comes generally from two main causes. It's either urinary tract not functioning correctly or stress. Or maybe there's a third, and it's both. <laughs> no. Um, it's either and or of those. It's either your urinary tract isn't getting rid of all the moisture it needs to and it's not functioning properly or there's a lot of anxiety and stress and going around. And Some people don't even recognize when they're stressed. They just, well, their blood pressure goes up. Let's talk about the urinary tract. I believe, In my opinion, I believe that the urinary tract is not pulling enough fluid out of the blood and, and thus it's causing pressure in the, in the, in the uh, bloodstream. Okay, That's my opinion. Now, uh, normal therapy would be to give a diuretic that would force the kidneys to dump the, the water out of the bloodstream. Uh, we do have a formula called Bladney. It does have a diuretic effect, but that's not what it does. It nourishes and feeds and supports the kidneys and, and bladder, the urinary tract system. And it's actually the one that we would use as well if someone was... Um, urinating too frequently so it doesn't just make you urinate it actually helps the health of the bladder so if you need to get rid of extra moisture you get rid of extra moisture if you need to hold on to it you hold on to it and let me let me in, in, throw another thing in here is that uh, frequent urination is just it just drives people crazy it drives them out of bed and they're up and all that kind of stuff one thing we found in the clinic is that if the urine pH is between 8 and 7.2, that happens less. Let me let me explain to you. Let me explain to you why it's that way. If, um, well, the urinary tract is bathed, bathed in urine constantly, so it's a real healthy, vibrant system. But if the urine is acidic, I believe the body says, no, 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 this is acidic, let's get rid of it. So that's why you go to the bathroom and there's a, a little stream and a drip and, you know, you hardly have any urine. Because the body's saying, this is a toxin, let's get rid of it. Now, if you raise the alkalinity in the urine, there's times when you go to the bathroom and it's like, my goodness, I didn't realize it can hold so much. And that's because the body doesn't view it as a toxin if the alkalinity has changed. So those that have frequent urination, uh, you need to look at changing the, the pH of the urine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bladney helps support that. It won't do it by itself, but we have talked about 
lucidity quite a bit. You know, I thought we would end up doing two or three, well, six or seven of these podcasts and everybody would be happy and, and nobody would want to hear any more, but we get more requests and more requests and, and if you guys still want us talking about our approach, we'll just keep doing it. Uh, so back to blood pressure. Yeah, so blood pressure. Um, whenever we treat anything in the clinic or when we're working with people, it's not just about, oh, let's take care of blood pressure. It's blood pressure is a symptom of um, the urinary tract not functioning properly or the nervous system not functioning properly. If the nervous system, Or being nourished properly. Exactly. Properly, if yeah. the nervous system isn't um, working properly, sometimes... Your blood pressure, if you get the fight-or-flight response, you get scared, whatever, your blood pressure goes up, so your body gets ready to run and get going. And incidentally, I believe most Americans have a problem with that constantly. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a... Uh, I think it's a real common problem mm-hmm. because, I mean, we, our life is just constantly stressed. If you don't think you're stressed, you're just lying to yourself. I think everybody's stressed. A good example of blood pressure going up for uh, during stress is you go to a doctor's office and you know your blood pressure generally runs low, but when the doctor takes your blood pressure, it's way high. Doctor doesn't take your blood pressure, or whatever. This when cute little assistant. girl does. When someone takes your blood pressure, um, it goes up because you're stressed in being in the office, or you're stressed in the traffic of getting there. Well, you're bit out of shape for being there for an hour and a half. Exactly, or however it ends up, stress um, raises your blood pressure. And there, um, and there has been a, a tendency to lower normal, very low. Uh, your blood pressure uh, is is not as sensitive. It should react. It should go up. It should go down. It should, you know. And if you're taking your blood pressure uh, always in the evening and it's high, try to take it in the afternoon and find out. It may may not may be different. So. So those that truly do have a problem with it, let's discuss a little bit about what you can do. Is sit down and, and try to relax and try to t- try to breathe and and see if you can lower your blood pressure by doing that. A lot of times, mm-hmm. having a, a nice cup of herbal tea in the evening, a lot of times will make some differences. But if there's some real major problems, there there's a formula we use. With with high blood pressure, that generally takes care of about eighty percent of the people, and that's shark liver oil. Now that's not shark cartilage; that's shark liver, and it's generally anywhere from a uh, thousand to three thousand milligrams per day. Uh, give that a try, and a lot of times that's, that that will just solve the problem. There's a doctor that wrote the calcium lie, and he uses it specifically for women when they have preeclampsia. And he says eighty to ninety percent of women that use it when they have preeclampsia or whatever. The Isn't blood that pressure, an incurable problem? The blood pressure just reduces. Well, not according to that doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so in pregnancy, if you can avoid problems. You're better off. Mm-hmm. You're really better off. Uh, once you get preclamp, once women get preclampsia, it's a, it's a real toxic problem that needs to be dealt with properly. Uh, but to head it off, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And bladney is those that have a tendency to have a little higher blood pressure during pregnancy. Bladney is safe and very advisable. Uh, can be taken. And bladney helps the whole urinary tract system, so it's helping to. Get the proper nutrients there. I think that 
when you're taking shark liver oil, you can continue to take it and keep your blood pressure down. But if you really want to solve the problem, it's important to take bladney as well because it's actually going to nourish and heal um, the urinary tract to the point that you won't really need the shark liver oil as much or um, the others as much once the system is healed. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about stress because stress uh, has a lot to do with blood pressure. Stress is a big factor, and there's two formulas we normally use in in nourishing the body when you're under stress. When people talk about stress, most often they they're talk you think about anxiety or being stressed out like that, but it's also stress on your muscles to lift weights. Anything that you do that takes mental capacity is stress. Um, so when you have it's when your body starts to not deal with that stress well. Your life is stress. Moving, walking, listening, um, hearing crying children is <laughs> it's stress. Um, and the when your body starts get to the when your body gets to the point that it's not dealing with that as well is when it becomes a problem. You when your blood pressure starts to go up and other things, and that's when you'll need like Nerquilizer and Chillin to to be able to help your body calm down, have the nutrients it needs to be able to handle all those stresses. We're not saying get rid of stress. Let's let's just give your body the nutrients to deal with all the stresses in the world today. One thing you need to realize is that our approach is not to give you something that will dope you up. That is never, never our therapy. We want to give to the body what it burns up when you're under stress. Narcolyzer is nerve food. It feeds and nourishes the nervous system. And narcolyzer the same way. Also, uh, people indirectly, uh, when you're dealing with stress and bl- blood pressure through because of stress, um, the B complex is terribly important too. Because when you're in, when you're under stress, the Bs and Cs and those type of things are are burned. We have an awesome formula that's that's herbal uh, that that gives the body the ability to to build Bs and Cs and. And that's, that's also another formula that's, that's good. But rebuilding the nervous system takes about a week to, to get you on top of the, your game. Now, it's not going to cure it, of course. But the deficits in your body are generally dealt with in about two weeks. If you're taking, like, three chillin' a day and six nerquilizer. Well, three and six is my, are my numbers. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> you're taking about three... Chilling and six nerquilizer a day, generally that fills up. But sometimes people are so, if there's an extreme case of really, really being stressed out, some people need to take um, one chilling and two nerquilizer every hour for a little bit to get on top of their stress. And it's real interesting. Once they, once people do that, they realize, my goodness, was I a mess. I didn't realize I was under stress. Well, life is stress. Don't try to reduce stress. Feed stress. Feed your body so your body can put up with it. Because it, it, waiting for Santa Claus, a little kid waiting for Santa Claus, you know, always thinking about that is very stressful. Well, that's a that's a good kind of stress. So, so instead of trying to sedate yourself with with uh, over the counter garbage, uh, feed and nourish your body and eat well. Uh, whole grains are so terribly important. Uh, now, when we say whole grains, I know there's a. a, a a bunch of people out there that think grains are poisonous, they're wrong. This is staff of life. But the enzyme blockers need to be uh, taken care of. The grain needs to be soaked to the point to where it's uh, sprouting. 
or toast the grain. There's several things on that. Have we ever done anything on grains? A little uh, bit. Yeah, we've talked. Look about on our podcast, and, and and that will be a, another one that you can listen to. That will be a big help. <coughs> um, well, with everything, because our body, <coughs> our body is actually designed that we can eat foods, actual foods, not food products, <laughs> food-like substances. Um, we can actually eat food, and our body can take all the nutrients out of it and um, run every system of our body, create every chemical that we need just from food. The old sentence of um, <coughs> make chemicals, don't take them. Yeah. Our body, we're the best chemical manufacturing plant there is. So you want a broad base. I tell people, eat all kinds of different things. Don't get into a rut and just here in the southwest of beans and tortillas and green chili. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Occasionally. That's what I'm trying to say. Occasionally. Not all the stinking time. So so look at your diet and be more diverse. Eat more fruits and meat, eat more vegetables. You can say that and everybody, there's you, you hit about 99% of the people that, uh, that they need to eat more of that kind of stuff. Yep. So so the the whole approach is to nourish your bodies. And a lot of times it's difficult when you start to, or people feel it's really difficult when you go to eating a little bit better. Um, a lot of people lean towards just proteins because uh, you throw a piece of meat on the grill, you cook it, and you're done. <laughs> I mean, grain sometimes takes a little bit more thought. You need to put it in a, a pressure cooker. It cooks in like 10, uh, 20 minutes, depends on uh, the type of grain you have. But um, you just have to put a little more thought into what you eat. The vegetables cook up really fast, and just put a little bit of thought. Use some vegetables and some grains, and it's okay to eat the meats and other things like that. But eat it, uh, like Dr. James said, a, a good variety of foods because your body needs a good variety of different nutrients. And that's actually why we have to supplement with herbs is because you're not eating alfalfa and you're not eating kelp and um, these other ones as much or as beets and and mm, yucca. and Beets. <laughs> and all, there's all kinds of... Um, Nutrients that we don't eat partially because they taste horrible. Um, <laughs> I've not, I've not really tasted a vegetable that tastes horrible. Oh no, I was saying that we have vegetables, but then there's all kinds of herbs that we can use for spicing oh, herbs and other things like yeah. that. Yeah. Nutrients that are in those that Coriander's we don't actually nasty. get. Yeah, cilantro is nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Cilantro's nasty. I mean, I could go on and on about <laughs> spices are nasty. So you need to realize those are med- that's medicine. So it's okay to be nasty, and we put it in a capsule. Yeah. Uh, there is, a, we were talking a little earlier before we started this, is that there is evidence that a high protein diet uh, aggravates blood pressure. And it does that because it too much protein and it puts a greater strain on your bladder and kidneys. And the, that's what really regulates a lot of your blood pressure. So, the, so not only mental and emotional stress, but physical stress of digesting food is stressful. Exactly. You know, the, the act of digesting food. So, we're not saying don't eat meat. We're saying do things in moderation. Don't get carried away. You know, uh, your your diet shouldn't be a hundred percent one thing. It should change. You know, if you're a hundred percent watermelon, you'd be living on the toilet. So, if we were going to start somebody out with blood pressure, we haven't. Uh, we've said on the others about what to take, but the bladney generally, generally three to six a day. I mean, if there's some until swelling, you start getting some results, exactly. I would always start out with six a day, and then once you start to get some results, then you can back off on it a little bit and see if those results continue on. Um, 
I would have a tendency to use both of those formulas uh, together if you, you were trying to figure out blood pressure because you're guessing at what your deficiencies mm-hmm. are. So you treat your nervous system, you treat your urinary tract, and, and then once you get a hold of it a little bit better, you start backing off and see what happens. For me, if I was going to take blood, if I was going to take care of my blood pressure, I'd want it to come down right away. So I would take some shark liver oil. I'd take two shark liver oil, six bladney, and one shark. Can can you damage? I take a little bit of everything. Can you damage yourself by doing that kind of stuff? No. If there were a drug, you, you you could overdose yourself. Exactly. But with this, I would just go ahead and take the larger amount of each of them for a little while. Get my blood pressure down quick, and then reduce it down to something I don't have to take so much. Because <laughs> I, I personally want to get better quickly, so I don't mind swallowing a few pills. I'm one of those that I, as much as I can shove in my mouth of pills, I can swallow them all at once. Well, you get you, that approach is fine, and then you need to realize that you're not over medicating yourself. If let's say, for instance, you don't need all that bladney, well, it'll help in a, those nutrients will help in other metabolic processes. Or deficiencies throughout throughout your body. It's not these are just not specific to to that system. It's an overall nutrient that you're putting into your system. So especially like shark liver oil, it even helps the immune system. It just goes on and on. It's a it's an awesome uh, formula. And then there are some of those people that just can't swallow a lot of pills. So if you're one of those. Try to determine for yourself: or is it you're stressed out? If is if it's not stress, take bladney and shark liver oil. If it's stress, take chillin and nerquilizer. You're not going to hurt yourself. Yep. Because what you're doing is you're taking uh, food, food you wouldn't normally take. Like me, if somebody said take cilantro, make cilantro tea, there'd be no way I'd do that. Or if I told you to make a tea out of valerian and drink it, it smells like dirty socks. Tastes like it too. It's yeah, terrible. I, I they want to have it in a pill. Just the other day, a storekeep I was talking to uh, in Farmington, when she was in, when she was first trying to take care of herself naturally, and her first experience with herbs, she uh, she had some problems, and she wanted to uh, take care of it naturally. So she looked through all the books and decided that she was going to make a tea out of this herb, and she started drinking it and she said oh it's just terrible well the the first herb she ever had experience with was gentane yeah and gentane is without a doubt the worst tasting herb there is they say it's the strongest bitter you can actually dilute it 100x which in homeopathic that means 1x is as you've diluted a cup with 100 cups of water and 2x is you've taken that solution and diluted it with 100 cups of water so 10 uh, ten cups of water. So I mean, you it gets to the point that there is just the essence, just the the energy of it. When you wear a hundred X, there's no herb in there hardly, but you can still well, taste the bitter with this herb. Yeah, and, and I, she told me gentain, and I, oh my goodness. And, and I said, well, that's why I put those things in the capsules. So, so uh, if people would ask me, well, can I? Can I open up the capsules? Because I don't want that plastic. And I tell them, this, it's not plastic. It's gelatin. And the, some people think they're going to plug themselves up with the capsules. That won't happen. And I tell them, yeah, it, you can open up a capsule and make a tea out of it. But you need to be careful because it's probably pretty stinking nasty. That's the biggest drawback. And I, I really think that that's where pharmacology started. If somebody thought, this is so stinking nasty, let's try to figure out 
what what we actually have to do, and let's put it in a capsule and stuff like that. Uh, because you know, if you can't get your patient to take something, they're not going to get better. Yeah, so I think a lot of that comes from. I mean, there's still a mentality a lot of times today. Let's let's concentrate it to the point that we don't have to take as much. But the problem with that is, I mean, we have chemicals today. MSG is one of those that a lot of people think of. MSG is an amino, it's glutamate, and it's an essential amino acid. And it's essential for calcium to get into our cells and to get out of our cells. But when it's concentrated, and we use it in its concentrated forms, it actually uh, can cause um, cells to die early. It can cause nerve damage. Um, It causes your, uh, there's glutamate receptors on all your organs. It, it can cause your body to either pump out too much insulin or not enough insulin. There's all kinds of things if right. it's too concentrated. And I think it, it happens the same way with herbs or anything else. Um, they're made right. Well, we're, we've, Let's just use them as they are. We've proven from experience, uh, humanity has proven, that when you concentrate the herbal remedy, it becomes toxic. Yeah. We've proven it. And even when we talk about food, whenever you concentrate food and you make white flour, you've got a flour concentrate, basically. <laughs> well, you've got a recipe for uh, gluten intolerance. Exactly. And it, it, don't do the, that to herbs. Don't concentrate. Don't make your herb into a white flour of its herb, basically. So. Okay. Well, I think we've hammered <laughs> this pretty good. Uh, if you have high blood pressure... Uh, begin to to use these formulas and nourish your, your body. You also need to realize that there's not any counterindications with your blood pressure medication. Just don't take them at the same time. Uh, it's not like you're going to be over-medicating yourself for blood pressure. Uh, mm-hmm. it, we're just You're just nourishing the system. So, good luck. <laughs>